0: can
1: finish better. And it's my distinct pleasure, let me get the recording out of here. Uh, it's my distinct pleasure to introduce one of our graduates, one of our distinguished graduates, Dr. Mehmet Bennet, from Turkey. Uh, he was a 2014 PEMBA graduate. And I, I have a hard time remembering that far back. But Mehmet remembers it like it was yesterday, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. Um, He's now Professor of Orthopedic Surgery and Traumatology at the Achibatam uh, Healthcare Group and at Ankara University. From 2004 to the present time, he's been a Consultant Professor of Orthopedic Surgery uh, at at the hospital in Baku, Azerbaijan. And he also served as a visiting professor at the University of Pittsburgh in the 90s I, the thing that was so impressive about his bio, uh, which I found, actually I found online, uh, was he's been in so many different countries. He's done so many different things in so many different countries. He was a visiting fellow at the University of Freiburg in Germany, a fellow at the AO Foundation in Basel, Switzerland. I mean, this guy's been everywhere. And now he's also... Um, FIFA medical officer from 2000 to the present time, over 20 years now, served on UFA, which is the European Championship Organizations Committee. He's a real football kind of guy, and that's the European football folks, for those of you who are in the United States. Um, I looked at his publication list, and I, I couldn't even begin to describe them all, but he has a lot of publications in orthopedics and sports medicine, and he's got over 100 presentations, in orthopedics and traumatology. So today we're going to talk about how to use telemedicine because it has become a real tool for folks uh, throughout the world, including the United States and particularly in Eurasia where uh, the geography is huge. And so I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Bennett and let him tell us about his experience with telemedicine.
0: Thank you so much, thank you so much uh don it's pleasure to me i'm so honored about that and um, i also this is the for tennessee alumni and I'm ah, <laughs> <laughs> every time i'm <laughs> proud of it okay uh well today we will talk about these uh, uh, different topics uh you prefer me said uh, tell me uh, tell medicine. i'm talking about this i um, my uh, experience about this for telemedicine. But before that, I want to speak something for his uh, geography. Geography is a destiny in, stated by Ibn Haldun. Ibn Haldun was a first Muslim thinker in 14th century who wrote the principles of the liberalism in his books. After the eight centuries in the 21st uh, century, Better yet today. Does it work for the uh, slides? Well, can we change the slides? Okay, thank you. Good. <clears throat> right. Okay. After eight centuries, in the 21st century, better yet today, Zulpili Vaneli, who is the Turkish writer and the thinker, said that I thought how right Ibn Hadun was when he said, geography is a destiny. I'm fully agree with both of them. Franz Kafka was, as a German speaking Bohemian novelist and short story writer, widely regarded one of the major figures of the 20th century literature. Also, he stated that in each geography, as well as in daily life, the people may see innovation, but in pursuit, of the different image we need to pay attention to beauties that will really appear before us. On the hand, author of my favorite author, authors Amin Marouf is a Lebanon born French author whose work have been translated into more than 40 languages. He said that he was a study to go far rather than going too far to study. This is, it's, I like for this, it's like a sensor. Okay, next slide. So, thank you. Let's emphasize for the mac- macro platform, Euro-Asia. Euro-Asia is the largest continental area on the earth, compromising all Europe and the Asia primarily in the Northern and Eastern hemisphere. It spans from the British Isles and the Iberian Peninsula in the West to the Japanese archipelago in the East. Asia has covered 20 million square miles or around 36% of the Earth's total land area. The landmass is a contain over the 5 billion people equating approximately 70% of the human population. It is a huge geographic area. In micro platform, please change the slide Tom, thank you. Perfect. Let's em- emphasize in the micro-platform in the early Asia. In the micro-platform, at the word of the Europeans, according to him, after the Balkan states or countries, it is the East. That is the Asia. The line was formerly dominated by the Ottomans. After the, uh, the Ottomans, it went under the control of the socialist bloc established by the USSR. Today is a new structure. However, this region is definitely the western part of the main region, which uh, starts for Bulgaria, Romania, and Moldova. And then central region of, of Asia is the main region, is Anatolia, or Turkey, or minor Asia for the US and plus Black Sea. What is Russia and Ukraine? The eastern side is Caucasus, Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan. And south is Iran. Change the slide, Tom. The Turkish speaking in the Far East countries, such as Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, for the post-Soviet Union. The geography, which I mentioned in the micro-platform, is the richest region in the world in the terms of the underground researches, mining and gas and oil. Tom, change the slides. Okay. The Southeast is Middle East. I don't need to talk about the Middle East. Everybody know where is it? What is part of the geography? Originally named avrasia or Eurasia is doing as well as Balkans, ex-Soviet geography, and the Middle East. In the last 20 years, in our geographic region have been big improvements at the change in the lifestyle and the consumers are clearly growing richer with the average earnings is many countries doubled. although Increasing number of the people have a desire for today's updated health care. Ex-Soviet and the Russian countries' growing populations and the economies are placing increased pressure on today's medical care resources as we collectively consume more and need more updated facilities, hospitals, and the treatment camps. The countries want to build up. On the medical care system, but today all systems are working with the cash money management. Unfortunately, those countries have no infrastructure or have have an old-fashioned infrastructure. Early Asia medical services are provided through a supply-driving healthcare system organized around what physicians do. No any system had been organized according to departments defined by service line oriented system. That is the general characteristic of Avrasia or Asia's, Asia's healthcare system. Okay, now let's get back my side of the story. Could you change the slides? Okay. Do you know how my path is across it with these geographical countries? It is a long story short. For as long as I can remember, I have always loved soccer. I played soccer and the basketball during the, my high and the medical school time. I played soccer, soccer in the second division in my country, and but I had entered my soccer career to complete my medical school education. And the slides, are, the upper is the high school and down is the medical school. Okay, change the slide, please. Don't. After years and years, I came back to my lovely soccer fields as a national soccer team doctor. After that, I was part of the team behind team in the national team. Everything was unbelievable for me. After 30 years of my soccer team doctor's career, I found out the rules of the team sport and the business are very similar, such as teamwork, Equal the chances, competitions, prize, status of the individual earns uncertainty are same. If you are uh, in team that achieved success, everything is fine and you can achieve the future goals. But if you lose three matches in a row, you have lose everything. I leave them all. Some days, success, some days, loser. It's everything. Then I understood what is the business principles. Please don't change the slides, Don. Would you change? Okay, good. We have a Turkish census. The game is played according its rules. And I learned how to play by the game, the rules. And 1992, I was elected as a member of the UEFA medical committee as a representative of this full full geography. The United European Football Association, means a UEFA. It's a, like a CONCACAF in America, or big part on the richest part of the FIFA. It's the only one part of the European soccer side. Yes, I served twenty-five years UEFA and FIFA. Between that time. I was a medical staff as a FIFA in the UFR side, six European Championship, three World Cup, and then champions uh, also the Champions League, match, which is the best soccer part uh, team participants uh, in the Europe. Okay, don't we'll change the slide. Okay, perfect. During this time, something very happened in the world history and the Soviet Union was over. When the old system is disappear, they asked for help from the international company to ex-Soviet states. UFI assigned me for the mission soccer team doctor education is in this geography. This UFI team doctor education program brings together the team doctors from the countries, it is the design so that I teach sport-related clinical problems and up-to-date knowledge in the team doctor's network. Among the team doctors, especially the national team doctor, as well known in both their countries, came from close section of the state or government. Given that face-to-face interaction between team doctors and thereby strange professional relationships, those countries invited me every year because of the need of the new, new information. Every month I was at a different country because of the need of the new, new information. And then I was, for example, I was many times in the Bulgaria four times. I remember four times in Bulgaria, six or seven times in Georgia, and more than six or seven times in Kazakhstan. If you, Correct for the lenses, you can see for many of pictures for different uh, uh, Asian countries. Uh, for example, the Kazakhstan for national uh, clothes and the, the many Georgia and Azerbaijan, so on. So on. i forget how many times I was in uh, visited for Azerbaijan. Maybe say every two months in the, I was in the Azerbaijan. The last, uh, this has led to new innovation for me. I was met with incredible demands. They wanted to consultate, consultate, consultate the players. My two phones are constantly ringing. With a, such a group education program, I couldn't reduce the volume and delay of back and forth phone calls between me and the team doctors. And then everybody asked me magic questions. Can he play on Sunday? Because Sunday is a soccer match day. And for example, I uh, did you imagine I was in Baku, and then the one doctor called me, said Almaty from Kazakhstan, explained to your players, can he play on the Sunday? Or I said, I want another concord from the table. It's a full it's a arrangement for that time. And then telemedicine is coming medicine started for my career in the late 90s and the early 20s. Would you change the pla- uh, s- slides, Tom? Okay. It is the important to understand that your goals are with the telemedicine inside your practice, or critical component of the understanding how to best utilize utilize different types of the telemedicine and how each can benefit in your practice. Basically, we have two different type of telemedicine, asynchronous and synchronous. Asynchronous telemedicine is an email and image transmission that is the uh, store and forward type of the environment. Patients and me could communicate at their convenience as they were not connected in the real time. One important visit that can be utilized is synchronous communication with post or post-op visits. Those visits lend themselves to asynchronous communication because the photographs may be transmitted to understand how incision is appear. Synchronous telemedicine is a live video-based communication. But in early days of the telemedicine, we could not make a video-based course. But today, most telemedicine visits hosted are in form of synchronous visits. This can facilitate more rapid and efficient access to specialist expertise, overcoming geography, temporal, and knowledge barriers. For me, most of our diagnostic power lies in the imaging such as the X-rays, CT scans, or MRIs that is the obtained on my patients. By creating in infrastructures, viable methods and the methods and the workflows more knowledge and the imaging studies efficient and systematically, one has the ability to streamline the treatment and the triage process of my patient as they begin journey of dealing with the day injury or condition. The most important factors then selected is a consultation modality are how urgent the nature of request is the level of the complexity of scenario. Perhaps most apparent clinical application of telemedicine is an international context, context is to improve the access care for the patients both. Within and across national borders, I think everyone has an experience on this subject that in high-income countries like the USA, telemedicine often manifests of specialists in hospitals or academic centers providing consultation service to frontline healthcare provider in low-research nations. Those telemedicine networks in low-research nations. Can involve direct provider to patient interaction as well as provider-to-provider consultation and education. Traditional mission trip style UFR team doctor education program can be expanded using telemedicine approach to include clinical follow-up and outcome research after return trip. Some countries even continue the teaching and building local capacity with the telemedicine assistant surgeries in the form of life assistance and feedback during a broadcasting surgical pr- procedure by local physicians. Could you change the don't slides? Perfect. Please can arrange it for this, uh, uh, some the slides. Can, can you see see the slides? But, all right, perfect, good. Athletic success was very important for those new countries. They got their independence after the post-Soviet period. They made serious investments to achieve the success. Till today, I have operated on many well-known and famous athletes from those countries. And then mass media written about me every day. And for information about the soccer players, so when come back to the return the field, or the different question. I, I perform most of the operation in my own hospital. And the post operative visits are especially beneficial for internal medicine, such as the arthroscopy or knee surgery and shoulder, shoulder surgery. Change the four slides, Tom. Okay. Telemedicine technology is the offers as the potential solution to streamline this process, as it can allow the movement of the knowledge and information as opposed to the movement of the patients. This is the movie. Is it now play that the movies don't? Right, right, all right. <laughs> it's an early post-op period for the patients. Super. I can I check for everything. Why tell me yeah. And then I can check the <laughs> yeah, post-op yeah, performance then. for this uh, and follow-up of the athletes with this digitalization has given me incredible advantage. Also for this uh, uh, return to sport, digitalization enables to international delivery of the service. With this finding, I got more realistic information about the return of the athletes to sport. asynchronous synchronous would do, do not involve in re- real-time interaction, but rather capture the data, data information on site and subsequently transmit this data and the information to me. And the, uh, the down is the one is the player uh, preparation for this uh, uh, game. They sent me a sample. Yeah, that, that, that's a good push there. Yeah, they can send. this a training for me, and then I can uh, consult for this, uh, some advice for this uh, the training programs. This is a, oh, everything is for by Albanians. It seems like a, could you change for the slides? Okay, please change them. Right. Slide push them again. <laughs> One more. Okay, perfect. It seems like everything was fine, but I felt something was missing. After 2010, I witnessed the, the upcoming and information and knowledge society, where information and knowledge became dominant production factor. Now I search has accelerated, and I want that my knowledge enables the individual teams and the entire organization collectively and systematically create, share, and apply knowledge to achieve my strategy and operational objectives. Finally, I found tailor-made Pamba program, which I believe will be most useful for me. I worked for two years to participate in the Pemba program because the, until that day there was no any participant, participant from the early Asia geography, and they were in the Pemba Society were wondering what I I was looking for, and I finally started my uh, the Pemba program 2014, and I learned in a constantly turbulent and complex environment. My knowledge should able to support the organization in developing the dynamic capabilities and or my intellectual capital for the support the or for the reconfiguring, redirecting and integrating core companies with the external researchers. Thank you, Pemba. It's coming for yours. I think many of you, you will think that I did an OEP on the soccer related issue. I also wanted to do an OEP about the risk management of the injuries of the soccer. But I'm afraid nobody in the Pamba Society has any idea for the soccer. I realized my OEP with, uh, with great sport of the dawn about, strategic growing international market. My OEP had heard of the kind of the Harvard Business School. After that, two years after my graduation from the PEMBA, I had the pleasure of the presenting it to them at the Harvard Business School's first meeting in Europe. Could you change the four slides, Tom? Yes. sin is a technological Boom underpinning anytime, anywhere healthcare. But in my opinion, that we have some barriers to telemedicine and can be classified in the three ways patient's barrier, provider barrier, and industry barrier. A patient's barrier to effective orthopedic physical examination is unable to see patients' entire body or limbs in a functional range of motion. Many patients simple to present of virtual visit, dressed in casual clothes, sitting in front of the family computer at the desk. You cannot visualize wounds and body areas or skins, color chains, swelling, effusion, drainage, lacer- laceration, or presence of the rash. Maybe patients can't help for this uh, problems, or family member can help an area for the assessment of the tenderness. But we don't invariably know exactly what the patients need, or return, or we can, can help them until they are already standing in front of, front of us. Telemedicine technology is important. but without proper relationship building, that medicine is not going to work. I solve the problem that the provider to provide the options. My patients with the specific, uh, sports specific musculoskeletal problems, initial present another provider, like a team doctor or coach, or the period took presentation to me. I and or like many subspecialists often have a barrier around them that prelude the patient from seeing them as the initial point of the contact. because initial touch points are very equipped at the providing the pain, pain control, temporizing the treatment, and offering preliminary education about patient's pro- problem. Provider-to-provider telemedicine can facilitate more rapid and efficient access to, to be overcoming geography, and knowledge barriers. As a provider barriers, uncertainty about the re- investment remains one of the biggest barriers to telemedicine in general. Providers are also not yet confronted with the technology required to set up and run provider-to-provider consultation sets. Barrier-to-provider adaptation of the patients includes Legal and regulatory requirements requirements that the government permitted as well. Given the free of the service culture of the healthcare landscape, we are highly insensitive to see any patients that requires to enter my orthopedic ecosystem. I think part of the service management. I'm adding my all those telemedicine bills to total surgery bills Consequently, a common characteristic of the telemedicine program is high patient's satisfaction. If the patient's happy, it will be a no problem. Remember that. Money is forgotten. The quality is remembered. As an industry barriers, telemedicine law are also not consistent on the state-to-state basis. This is is why telemedicine programs are con- confusing and why they work one state may not work in another. Certain states have a parity of the laws that mandate telemedicine visit reinvestment be equal to that of in-person visit like my country. Also, who support the value of the healthcare technology are proposing state licenses mandate alternatives to policy makers, such as the proposal, one of the national license. In, could you change the slides? Perfect, yes. In spite of the numbers of the barriers, the future of the telmedicine is bright. Telmedicine is not really about the technology. It is a better tool uh, as a different form of the healthcare delivery. The, the continued proliferation of the satisfied patients and the provider ambassador ensure that the telemedicine will reshape current models of the primary and urgent cares, as the expectations of the immediate access to quality of the quality of care for the patients rise. Nowadays, I have a too many demands of to second opinion consultation via telemedicine. Even, even after the patient has seen local specialists, they might still want to second opinion from me. In addition, some local specialists may want to input from me to help to treat specific clinical problem via telemedicine. This has added benefit of the saving time, energy, and money of the the patient if the remote opinion can prevent unnecessary travel. I think that we will speak about remote medical second opinion service next meetings. I will start with the telemedicine all my experience and the summary. I will continue with the Eurasia and the Finnish lessons with the take message. This is most prevalent current in primary care, where the traditional visit can be more easily replaced, virtual visits. In my specialty, post-op visit, post-imaging visit, post-injection visit, and the press surgical visit can be easily conducted via, via telemedicine. A virtual urgent care is an outstanding way to set your practice apart among the regional and international competitive marketplace. For the Asia Healthcare, there is no longer any doubt about how to invest to Asia of the healthcare. The question is which organization will be able to lead the way and how quick the others can follow. Today, healthcare in Asia, the days of the business as usual are over. It is evident that as the full Asia economic growth will continue to outpace of the best. Could you change the slides, Don? Okay. As you know, everybody knows that money goes to East. Favorable relation with the, those countries Throughout the market innovation is more advantage for the business environmental opportunities. Therefore, it is highly necessary not to delay deep organizational projects and developments and to implement a new action strategy in Early Asian countries' healthcare market. Due to geographic and cultural diversity in the land where we have been living physician approach, structure of the hospitals and the healthcare service display is very interesting. For example, luxury, uh, the luxury of the hospitals, attractiveness of the building might may be considered more than promi- prominent than other healthcare service. This is a fundamental weakness, far away from, from the present day realities, which has not focused on the patient's outcome. The most important part will be cultural and fundamental change, new business model, and new areas of the focus of creating new destinations. Take a message. Could you change the slides, Don? Perfect. If you ask me what message you want to give after the dose, and after the travel traveling so many countries, I would like to remind you a word of the Sir Winston Churchill, who was a great, brilliant, famous Prime Minister. He said, "If Mustafa Kemal Atatürk was alive, the world would have a look at quite different than it is now." I, sh- I-, I wish he were alive, so that we could not follow. We could follow on footsteps. The years during the Atatürk, wished the democracy and secular reforms, only one leader, all Muslim words, were taken as the goals, ideas in the region. I'm happy, guys, because I was born one of the best example, secular and the democratic country in this geography. And, Yes, I know we have some difficulty today, nowadays, or today's, but it will be changed. It will be changed. Thank you for your attention on listening to me.
1: Thank you, Moet. That was, I mean, very interesting. And I'll tell you truthfully, one of the things that's probably most challenging for many of us is what you identified as the barriers for practitioners. I'm, I'm looking, are the, if, if anybody has a question, if anybody wants to just raise your hand, we'll recognize you and you can unmute your microphone and we'll have a question. Um, one of the questions that are, that I was thinking about as you were speaking was the issue of licensure. And in your situation, we have an issue in the United States, of course, each state has different licensure but going across international borders has to be even more challenging. Yes. How have you dealt with that?
0: Uh, uh, Don, that's different. Because these countries, or the early Asia, have no idea about the telemedicine, the reinvestment. They didn't know. And then they are working for this, uh, like as a service management. After the operations or before the operation, but uh, as I uh, told you, I add for the bills for the uh, director and surgery bills. This is and then after the surgery, this is I'm thinking about this as service management after post op period. We cannot uh, re- wait any reinvestment about that. And then at the time, only one uh, I think is in my country in the COVID. And during the COVID pandemic, we have a lot of uh, telemedicine visits, and then the, everything was uh, uh, paid with this uh, by the credit card, and it's the same like as uh, in-person visits. Before this, or uh, telemedicine visit, and then always a uh, uh, secretary or administration uh, arrange all the uh, payment uh, systems, and then and uh, after the four is the uh, finishing the payment system. I speak for the patients, but in other countries, this is the let's say it's impossible. Yeah. It's a totally different fundamental.
1: You also mentioned the when you talked about the peer-to-peer consultations um, that brought up a memory of mine when I was at I, I was chief quality officer for Shriners Hospitals for many years and we developed a telemedicine capability. We did it for orthopedics, and we did it for burns, primarily. With orthopedics, we always had someone trained. Usually, it was a nurse practitioner or a trained nurse at the other end with the patient who could then perform the manipulations that were necessary so that the orthopedist could say, well, check the range of motion in the knee. And so the nurse or the nurse practitioner would do that. Is that the kind of consultation you're talking about or is it just direct physician to physician consultation or both? I,
0: I use both of them. I use both of them. And now it's, uh, now uh, the family member is uh, uh, now have uh, some experience for the telemedicine. They learn that and then we, ex- if we explained explain for this family member, they can help us. That's a, oh, okay. sure. Okay. And for tenderness and this, uh, also for the some, um, uh, we can, uh, resistance for the range of motion, so on, so on. Today it's going to well, but it's okay. uh, another thing for the, uh, my subspecialty for the sports medicine, the coach and also team doctors said, very equipped and also well known for the injuries. And then they help for some more than is a normal, regular, ordinary people.
1: Okay. When we used, I mentioned burns as well, and, and I know that you're also a professor of traumatology. One of the reasons that we did the, we were uh, really a regional burn center and this kind of goes, I see Leon is here too. Hi, Leon. Uh, <laughs> this kind of goes to the kind of work that Leon does. And Stephen Euler is here Euler is here too, um, who uh, is, has a service that he provides for uh, people who are ill at home. Um, one of the things that we used it for was to provide consultations for children who are burned, who might have to be transported hundreds of miles, you know, sometimes by helicopter, yes. uh, sometimes by ambulance, but always an expensive transfer. And so we would actually be able to reduce the cost of that transfer, that transport, uh, by helping the local physicians manage those patients so that they wouldn't have to be transported. Have you found that to be something that is useful as well?
0: Sure. I agree with, with you, yes, yes. Okay. And I have a one example about two weeks ago. This is the uh, simple example, but it's a once. Once there's a patient called me by Tbilisi from Georgia. He has he want to travel for my country for the uh, examination as so a control for his knees. That it was a so simple problems. I checked for him and then of the pens. They have only problems for this quad set atrophy, simple quad atrophy, the weakness, the muscles. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 it's an unnecessary travel and then paid, uh, paid many, lots of money for so and so, but, but it's useful, I agree. But they have a, some, uh, now barriers them, but it will be changed. Right. It's developing, uh, now is a de- developing time.
1: Yeah. And particularly you mentioned the geography. I mean, the vast expanse of land there, uh, having those specialty services is, and, and actually I had a one of the uh, uh, folks in the PEMBA class from last year had a program that he was going to put together for consults in India for difficult areas to reach in India as well. I see Asif has a question. Go ahead, Asif.
2: Hey, good morning. This is a very good um, talk. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to attend. Dr. Bennett, uh, this is for you as much as it may be for other people. We are contending with um, an unprecedented need for extracorporeal support for respiratory failure due to COVID-19. And one of the ideas that we are exploring is um, the possibility of centralizing monitoring. These patients have to be monitored by highly skilled nurses as a data stream that has to be constantly scrutinized for changes in patients' conditions and responded to. Responses can be done by less trained bedside effectors, but understanding the implications of the signal is the is the challenge and uh, the concept that you forwarded of having somebody highly trained um, is something that we are exploring as at a central station. My question is about um, mathematical modeling. Is there any kind of modeling that tells us um, what is um, safe ratio um, to aim for. Uh, after all, we do have to um, make the financial statement in support of such a venture.
0: I didn't make it. I haven't know any mathematical modeling at the moment. No, this is...
1: I'm actually, Mehmet, I have been reading a, a bit about that. And one of the one of the big issues that is arising and, and uh, Dave Manser is working on a project as well uh, for patients with congestive heart failure. But one of the problems that I think clinicians are facing and particularly specialists is they're getting this huge, because they're, they've got these monitoring devices now that fit on your wrist, uh, mm-hmm. we're getting this constant stream of huge amounts of clinical data And we're expected to deal with that. And it's almost impossible for a human being to do that. But there are artificial intelligence programs that are being developed that will help look at that stream over a period of time and detect anomalies that need to be brought to the clinician's attention. So those anomalies then can be dealt with through interventions like telemedicine. You might uh, prompt the individual to look at their watch and say, "Oh yes, here I'm going to put you on my on my watch. Do a video call on my watch, which some people can do now. I'm I'm a little bit too old to try that, but uh, but essentially using artificial intelligence to look at these data streams. Has anybody else seen that kind of information? I have no idea, Leon. Yeah, so where you so are? We, so we've had quite a few patients come to the er with their apple watch told them to come to the er basically that they were (laughs) they were an AFib, except you know they were you know running or moving their arm or whatever but once in a while it's actually real it's going to get a lot worse though the the new apple watch apparently can do blood pressure um and temperature so i i do really work like a fib is is real but if somebody comes in and they say oh my watch said last night my blood pressure was 180 like uh okay yeah all right and now getting it's a lot worse before it gets better now. yeah yeah I, I think we're gonna meet some real challenges and in a way and particularly from the standpoint of folks in emergency rooms um, that could lead to huge volumes of people all of a sudden say, oh my God, it went up to 180 or whatever. And they immediately seek care. And that's the, they always seek care at the emergency department, it seems. But the idea is that we need to, prov- we need to start building these systems that will help us look at these streams of data and pick out the most important parts. And not only just for us as clinicians, but also for patients who are looking at these things and can't, you know, all they know is there's a number and it turned red. And now what does that mean? You know, I mean, oh my God, I better go see a doctor. So it's it's gonna be a real, I think it's gonna be a real challenge. And I think we're in our infancy now in terms of developing those things. So I'm I'm hoping that that's you know I I'm not gonna live that much longer but it's up to you guys our PEMBA grads, to make those things work. Yeah,
0: that's good. <laughs>
1: good. Any other thoughts or questions? Gosh, this was really an interesting talk. I and particularly you no know, I you know when you were here I had no idea you were doing all that soccer stuff. I could have had you really talk to my girls back then. My girls were playing soccer back in that era. Yeah. So I should, I should have had you talk to them and give them a few tips. Thank you. Well, it's really good. And let's see here. I see another comment here. Oh, Leon, from Health Data Noise is going to get a lot worse. Yeah, from Fierce Health. There's an interesting um, uh, link from Fierce Healthcare. I, I look at Fierce Healthcare fairly uh, fairly frequently, and uh, he's got an article there about Apple adding the blood pressure monitoring and thermometer. Oh gosh, thermometer. Can you see that? Pediatricians are going to go wild. I can see it now. All right, folks, listen, thank you so much. We're just about up for our hour. I want to, i Thank you so much. I know it's late in your day over there. And we really appreciate your insights and your information. And I hope that uh, everybody remembers next month we have another one. You'll be getting an email about it and we'll be talking about it again. So thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.